Hi, I'm Katrina Daniel, and welcome to Primetime Crime, a podcast for people who want to know what goes on behind the scenes of the most notorious trending crime stories and what's going on in the minds of those involved in those stories. What are the detectives, the judges, the defense attorneys, and the prosecutors thinking? You'll hear it all on Primetime Crime, the podcast. This is Primetime Crime. I'm Katrina Daniel, and again, we're talking about the Gabby Petito murder case. The most wanted man in America, Brian Laundrie, a person of interest, the only person of interest, has been found. Pieces of him, anyway. This week, human remains, a backpack, and a journal belonging to Brian Laundrie were found by, sarcasm intended here, Brian Laundrie's father, who just, quote, stumbled upon the belongings after volunteering to help searchers find his son. Dumb blind luck, his defense attorney Steve Bertolino says. So, let's see. Law enforcement has been searching for Brian for five weeks, hundreds of searchers, and the very day his father, Chris, decides to be a good citizen and join the search, and in just 30 minutes, Chris Laundrie finds his son backpack and journal. Geez, Chris Laundrie is better than the cadaver dog. Joining me, Jeff Lewis. identifying the human remains as Brian Laundrie after comparing dental records. This is tragic. One day after the remains of Brian Laundrie were found in a southwest Florida reserve, investigators returned to further search the area today amid treacherous conditions. We're talking about water levels up above almost the chest area, rattlesnakes, moccasins, alligators. You just can't walk up and look. It's not like you're searching a house or a car. These areas are huge and they're covered by water. A source close to the investigation tells CNN the remains appear to have been there a while. Clothing believed to be laundries was found as well. You know how they call some people super lawyers and supermodels? My friend Jeff Lewis is a super homicide detective. Today he's going to help us analyze the Brian Laundry update. Welcome, Jeff, and thanks a lot. All right, let's cut to uh, Brian Laundrie. Bring us up to date on what you know at this point. A day or so ago, the parents of Brian notified law enforcement officials requesting to assist in locating Brian. Uh, As a result, they were uh, taken back to this park where he was last seen or supposedly had uh, spent his last days, according to the family. While in the park, the parents directed these officials to a location where human remains were discovered. Uh, There were also personal effects items that may belong to Brian as well. So based upon that, they secured the area and brought in their forensics teams and uh, they are processing the remains and the scene to see what kind of information and leads and, and evidence they can recover. They sent in a cadaver dog and a coroner. So that indicates to you that they have found what has been reportedly called some small body parts. Right. What happens to a body if it's lying out in a swampy Everglades swamp area for two, three weeks? Well, a lot of things can happen. Obviously, the uh, start of decomposition, the 
question I have is that they said that the area where the body was located had uh, formerly been um, underwater. Now, my experience with a human body is that if the body is in a pool of water, eventually the gases will force the body to rise to the top. Even if there's sometimes weights are being used to hold the body down, if you don't have enough weight, it'll rise to the top. So if he went into the water to commit suicide or however he ended up there, eventually his body would have floated up to the top. So I'm a little little interested in finding out exactly the deal is with the water. Second of all, once, once the body starts to decompose, particularly out in a wooded area, um, you're going to get animals that are going to start to come in and those animals will start to uh, eat the body. They'll, they'll pick the bones and they'll, they'll move body parts around, which is probably a reason they brought the cadaver dog in is because they probably don't have a full skeleton or a full body. So they would try to track any other um, bones or, or pieces of the body that may have been moved by animals in the area. And they're, you know, between alligators, snakes, and, and, and squirrels and rats and whatever else you have there, that, that could have uh, really disturbed uh, what was left of the body itself. One of the things that you want to do that you're looking for when you find the body is a cause of death. If he committed suicide, if he used a knife, if he used a razor, if he used a gun, if he hung himself with, with a rope or whatever instrument of death he might have used, that should be on the scene. There's a cause of death that was a gunshot wound and you don't have a gun, it's not a suicide or it's an assisted suicide. So you want to make sure of trying to locate, what again, whatever method was used to commit suicide. If he took pills, there should be maybe a pill bottle or something, prescription pills. So that's one of the uh, items that they're going to look for, as well as did he leave a note? If he killed himself, did he leave any kind of note or paperwork anywhere uh, indicating why he did what he did, indicating remorse or just even indicating, you know, that he's done with the world and go screw yourself. You know, whatever, anything he may have left behind, we want to find. So these are the things that the cadaver dog is going to look for and the forensics detectives will search for. And then what they'll do is they'll secure that area and they will remove those bones piece by piece and they'll lay them out on the scene and they'll form the skeleton. You know, they'll take the skull, they'll take okay. the neck, any bone you can find, they'll try to form a skeleton or at least piecemeal it together on the scene and also look for any, if he stabbed, if he was stabbed, you know, are there, are there uh, marks on the bone somewhere? Did he shoot himself? Is there a hole in this skull? And again, depending on how much was left, of the body, you know, was there enough skin tissue there? So that's number one. Number two, if you're trying to identify this person as, as Brian Laundry, there's a couple things you can do. And we all are familiar with the DNA that, that is definitely going to be done. It's probably being done as we speak if it's not already completed. Number two is dental work. If Brian had any dental work done, that'll be unique to his mouth. They'll go ahead and contact his dentist. They'll get uh, the x-rays of his teeth. They'll do those comparisons. If, let's say, he had tattoos and there's enough skin on the body, they'll check that area for any tattoos that may identify him as Brian also. But ultimately, the DNA match will be needed to verify that it is his body. And once they get that match, which I would assume they probably have it by now, they just haven't released it yet. So they, they will do that to confirm the identity of Brian. Well, that's my next question. How long does it seriously take to identify a body? 
Well, dental records should have been done already if he had any dental work done. And, and it's pretty, it's very, it's as good as DNA. Really? Uh, oh, yes. Because everybody has their own significant, it's like fingerprints. You know, you have your own teeth. And is it crooked? Is it chipped? Is it, have you had fillings? Have you had whatever you, any kind of work you've had done is all documented by the dentist and with x-rays and then go ahead and x-ray, you know, uh, the teeth that are found on the scene or in the skull and they can do those comparisons right away. So they can get an initial confirmation from the dental records. And then, like I say, they can do the DNA. My understanding today is DNA can be done very quickly. So I'm assuming they already have determined that if it's him, that that it is him and they just haven't released it yet. Why would they drag their feet in releasing it? I'm not saying they're dragging their feet. I think what they're doing is they're still, they want to finish the scene, make sure they clear that area first, confer with the family, his family, firm it up with them, verify with them before they release it to the public. Let's talk about his family. How unusual is it that, you know, authorities and searchers by the hundreds have been looking for two or three weeks. So the morning that Brian Laundrie's father, Chris, and his mother, Roberta, decide that they're going to take part in the search, they, oh my God, stumble on his dry bag and his diary, his journal. What are the odds? Their attorney says it was just, quote unquote, dumb luck. Well, I disagree with the attorney. Number one, a couple of things factor into this. The park apparently was closed for the last month or so, right? While they were doing their search. Yeah. And they had decided to open the park up yesterday. I believe that the family knew that once they opened that park, somebody's going to find those remains. They were able to hide him long enough from the authorities while they were conducting the search. But now that he's deceased, he's not going anywhere somebody's going to come across those bones or that body. So number one, I think they knew that was going to happen. So they wanted to get ahead of that. Number two, by offering your assistance, they may be trying to help themselves from any kind of future charges or indictments of uh, accessory or harboring or anything like that. This is a, a technique that the defense attorney can bring up, even if they are arrested, you know, to present to a jury. So as far as I am concerned, everything they did was selfish on their own part, because obviously if they were able to take the authorities to the location of the remains yesterday, that means they knew where those remains were a week ago, two weeks ago, a month ago, or wherever it was, he went to that location. In a perfect world from the eyes of a professional homicide detective, what should his parents have done from the get-go? Well, from the get-go, his parents should have gotten him a lawyer and turned him in. Nothing more, nothing less. Do the right thing. I understand a parent's concern of their daughters and their sons and their misdeeds. But if you knowingly allow your son or daughter to get away with murder, what does that make you? I mean, how do you live with yourself? I mean, nobody as a parent, I I sure as hell wouldn't want to see my daughter in that situation. As a victim, number one, but number two, as the perpetrator and nobody wants to believe that their loved ones can commit murder, but unfortunately they do. But I worked many cases where I had the mom or the father bring their kids to the homicide office, turn them into me and allow me to take statements from them to get ahead of what had occurred. These parents were two steps behind. They didn't give a shit about Gabby's family or Gabby, 
and they were more concerned about protecting their own son. And, and um, yeah, you know, we hear about helicopter parents. These were like uh, Chinook helicopter parents. They were the worst of the worst in doing what they did. And, and um, so what do they end up with? Do they end up with a dead son as opposed to maybe a son they could visit in prison. Yeah, now I have two dead people. Nobody gets closure on this. Gabby's yeah. parents don't get closure. Uh, unless this, unless Brian left behind a lengthy description as to what occurred and why it occurred, nobody's going to have the answers to, to that, all speculation. And um, that's the worst part of the whole thing is that, that Brian's parents, uh, that's what they did to Gabby's parents, is put them in that position. And it's not like Chris and Roberta Laundrie didn't know Gabby. She lived with them for a couple of months, maybe even as long as a year. So if your son comes home after a two-month vacation uh, in the van and the girl is nowhere to be seen, what do you do? Gee, Bri, where'd you leave her? You know what I believe they did? I believe he told them the story. I believe he told them everything that occurred, which is why they got the defense attorney. And this is why the investigators should have grabbed him as fast as they could have, brought him to the office, did their search warrants, and we discussed this previously, get his DNA, get his fingerprints, and talk to the guy. Yeah. Even if they brought the lawyer down to the office, okay, still bring him in, give him the opportunity to talk to you. Because maybe had his parents let him speak to the police, who knows what story he had? Yeah. Who knows what he was going to say? There may be underlying issues that we're never going to be aware of that occurred, but because of their selfishness, we'll never know. Agreed. Now, I I know you're not a defense legal expert, but it occurs to me that Gabby Petito's parents could file a civil lawsuit against the laundries because they procrastinated for what, five weeks before they actually did anything? I think... I think a, a civil lawsuit is in order if they can actually bring totally. it. I don't know how successful that will be. Now, would obviously, if, if Brian Laundrie was still alive, they weren't able to arrest him, then I could see a civil suit proceeding against him like was done against O.J. Simpson in his case. Yes, exactly. Where the jury determined that O.J. killed Nicole Brown yeah. Simpson. And in this case, it might be a little bit tougher with the parents. I don't know without knowing more information, but obviously it's something that I would do and see how far it goes. Yeah, I would do it just to, I don't know, it's payback. Sorry, but your kid comes home without the little girl he left with and you don't do anything but buy time for him. And and if they did know that he was going to go kill himself, I mean, that just opens all kinds of doors. That it's obstruction of justice. I mean, right. is that right? Sure. Absolutely. And I think the positive aspect of a civil lawsuit is that it might enable investigators to seize the phone records of the mom and the father. If that already hasn't been done, any texts, use what was found in the search warrants. If anything of value was located, those kind of items can now be used in a civil court as opposed to not being able to be used now in a criminal court. So I'm going to assume that if they are going to sue, their attorneys will be in touch with the um, investigators on this case, and they will attempt to review any and all evidence that was seized and use that against the family. And if there's evidence in there, obviously, that that points towards the parents and enables uh, them to be charged, 
then your civil lawsuit may have to be put off until your criminal case is concluded because I don't think they're going to release any of that evidence to a civil lawyer prior to a criminal case. So that all comes into yeah. play. Can his parents be charged? At this point, I don't see if there's enough evidence to prove that they did what they did and they knew what we think they knew. Absolutely. As accessory, harboring, um, there, there's many types of charges that can be brought against them. And that's one of the reasons, probably one of the other reasons they kept going back to that house with search warrants. Uh, they probably directed their focus towards the parents at, at some point in time uh, when they assumed either Brian was deceased or, or not going to be located for, for a certain amount of time. So I'm going to assume there's some kind of maybe digital evidence that links them to the location where Brian was located prior to them taking the, the police there. Uh, maybe after they initially spoke to the police when they said, well, he's in the park. Okay, did they go back to that location themselves, especially if the park was closed? Little things like that that you can do forensically with your cell phones. With the, Again, go back to the car. You pull the, uh, the, the black box out of the car, see if it shows the GPS information where they went back to the park or anywhere near that park. You know, so there's a lot that could be done. It will be a tough case to prosecute. And I would assume that if they were actually charged in this case, I would be shocked if they went to trial, they would probably take a guilty plea because I don't think they want to see all this uh, aired in public. You know, they're already being treated as villains in this case. I don't, I think they want it to go away. So anything they're going to do or they can do to make it go away, they're going to do it. Well, gee, we sure wouldn't want to make them uncomfortable. No, absolutely not. Why, why, why would we want to do that? Yeah, gosh, I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm being really sarcastic and nasty, but if it were my daughter and her boyfriend came back without her, I'd be sitting in their bedroom every day until they came clean. And the Petito family and and Nicole, her mom, I mean, I, I feel really badly for them. I really do. Well, this is how normal people think like you and I. Okay. But unfortunately, there's a lot of, and this is not just this case. I mean, you know, I, I gave you examples of families yeah. that turn their kids in. Well, I can give you 10 times more examples of parents who hid their kids that committed homicides that I investigated. And I mean, hid them and would make complaints against us every time we knocked on their door or served a warrant inside their residence. They would do anything they could to deter us from locating their, their sons or their daughters. So Unfortunately, there are more people like that than there are uh, that would actually grab their kid by the ear and bring him down and sit him down and allow you to do your job. Basically, what's going to happen is this case is going to disappear. You know, as far as the public is concerned, it's closed, especially when they verify that those are his remains. If indeed it is him, could investigators, police, FBI, anyone involved have said to the laundries, look, you better get your act together and show us where this kid's remains are or what happened to your son or we're going to charge you could they have given them an ultimatum like that i'm sure there were ultimatums giving maybe not in that particular way i mean it was probably in a way more of a get in, get in front of this thing because the way it looks you will be charged whether you show us or not because we are going to find his body that's never been a question it was going to, he was going to be found. So you didn't have to approach him that way. You, you'd have to approach him in the way that do yourself a favor because 
to them, their attorney is going to say they're going to make idle threats. They're going to scare you. They're going to try to tell you to do things you don't want to do, don't feel comfortable doing. But even those law enforcement officials wouldn't be able to do that directly to them. That would have had to gone through their defense attorney. So he would filter it down no matter what anyway. You know, unless they voluntarily decided to open their door to the police and let the police come in and sit down and talk to them, they're never going to talk to the police. Even if they get arrested, they're going to bring that lawyer with them. And unless mitigating circumstances present themselves to allow them to get some kind of uh, assistance in this case, they're not going to say anything. They're going to wait till trial if they decide to go that route or wait till the, the hysteria dies down a little bit and the publicity dies down. Then they'll present their case to the prosecutor for, for whatever deal they want to make. You know, there's a lot of cat and mouse games with this kind of stuff and they know it. And, and, and what, what makes it uh, worse is the publicity of it all for them, which is fine. Let's think about this though. If they knew or suspected strongly that their fugitive son had murdered his girlfriend, a girl who was not a stranger to them, and then they knew he was going to go off and kill himself and his dad's out there cutting the lawn. I mean, well, well, those are the things that if this go, if they get charged and it goes to trial, those will be the topics that are presented to the jury. Yeah, here's a family that showed no remorse. Here's a family yeah. that got up Everybody on the jury box, like you got Wait, up and ate your breakfast yep, today. Yep. You know, like nothing is wrong, nothing to see here. Move along, right? Yep. And that's how they portrayed themselves. So if if it goes, if they get arrested and it goes to a trial, those videos of him cutting the lawn or anything normal that they did, those will be presented by the prosecutor to show the indifference and the lack of remorse that they showed to this case. Two, wit. A young lady who spent a year in their house yeah. under their care. So that'll definitely not look good for them. Good luck to that defense attorney trying to defend that bullshit. My theory, and I'm sure it's everybody's theory, is that this guy was a coward. Yeah. He didn't he didn't want to face the music. He didn't want to endure what was coming and he and he took the coward's way out, which is, you know, unfortunately yeah. very common. You know, I had cases like this. It just, you know, you don't get the opportunity to sit down with the individual and talk to them about what occurred and put them in handcuffs and place them in jail because they're dead because they knew it was coming and they were too cowardly to, to answer for their for their bad deed. And, and the, uh, obviously the easy way out is to kill yourself. And I, th I think that's what he did. I kind of thought that from early on. I mean, I just, yeah, I remember you saying that. Yeah. You know, he didn't seem to have the kind of character of someone that would. Uh, uh, stick around to face the music. I'm going to venture to say that by day's end, they'll have made a positive identification of, of him, if it's him, and then that'll be broadcast nationally, of course. I'll predict this. If the okay. authorities have intended to charge the parents, that will happen within a day or two. Okay. Because that case is already built. Okay. They've been working on that. That's the sidebar to the initial investigation. So if they were targeting the parents, well, let's hope anyway that they have built that case to the point where now they can put a bow on it and they can charge the parents by weekend at the latest unless politics get involved in the way. So that's my prediction. Don't go to Vegas on it, but I, that's what I think is going on. Thanks for listening to Primetime Crime, the podcast. Follow us on Facebook at Primetime Crime and on Instagram and Twitter at primetime crime underscore. Post your comments and tell us what true crime stories you'd like to hear about. 
Subscribe to Primetime Crime on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. Thanks a lot.